So, what other vice might be solved by sending everyone to camp? What, what could a group of people sort of get over together in a camp setting? Hmm. Being sarcastic. That could do it. I feel like if you got a bunch <laughs> of really sarcastic people at a camp, they probably wouldn't get over it, though. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think they would feed off of each other. Yeah, it would just turn into a giant sarcasm storm. Oh, hey, let's go hiking. That would be great. Oh, yeah, yeah actually, that sounds like a really good idea. Fantastic. Let's go. And they'll just turn out. They'll go all the way through life. <laughs> they'll, they'll all end up together for the rest of our lives. Yeah, let's be friends forever. Oh, yeah, I'd like that, actually. It sounds yeah. great. Friends forever. Great. <laughs> then they are. <laughs> And then in their deathbed, one of them's just like, I was only kidding. <laughs> I never liked you, really. It's <laughs> one sincere moment. One Good Thing, the podcast that has been cancelled due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. How that may one day be true. <laughs> I'm Paul Perkis, and good lord, look at that, it's Recommendations Month already. And uh, I am joined by Rob Franks uh, from Stories and Sorceries. Hello. Uh, hello, Rob. Hey, how are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're all doing extremely well here in OGT land, and that is because he has suggested that we all head straight for Fat Camp. By recommending the 1995 comedy film Heavyweights. Far from the everyday world, there is a place. A place where big. Congratulations, Mr. Sims. You are the fattest boy in camp. Is beautiful. Download. And thin isn't it. This is definitely not sanitary. For Jerry and his friends, it was a dream come true. Until the new owner. Turned it into a nightmare. Lunch has been cancelled today due to lack of hustle. Walt Disney Pictures presents a comedy for every kid tired of taking it and ready to dish it out. Heavyweights. A note on production history. The Mighty Ducks was a movie that happened. It was a hockey movie American, uh, American, right? Was it Canadian? Uh, I think they were in America, if I remember correctly. It's yeah. been a long time since I've seen the Mighty Ducks, but I still do their chant from time to time <laughs> if the situation strikes. As it often does. I yeah, mean, it Emilio happens Estevez, more than right? you would think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, legendary early 90s sports uh, sort of family movie. And it's written by a young whippersnapper named Stephen Brill. And he writes the first three Ducks films... And those are the only projects writing that he had under his belt when he met when he wrote this with uh, Judd Apatow, which is his first um, script. Judd Apatow's very first script, uh, and Brill also was given directing duties. Uh, now Apatow went on to write Forty Year Old Virgin, Knocked Up, This Is Forty, Trainwreck, etc. While Stephen Brill directed Little Nicky, Mister mm. Deeds, and Movie Forty Three. So. So he became friends with Adam Sandler. Yeah, basically he became friends <laughs> with Adam Sandler and then became the Sandler guy. Like, he's worked on everything. I think he recently maybe even directed The Hubie Christmas, so... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a long-standing relationship. But that seems to be the way with Sandler. It's once you make a movie with him, you're kind of in it for life. Yeah, it's like you... I don't know. Maybe he has some sort of ritual he does. Brings you into the family, you know? <laughs> I think it's just a richly rewarding posse that if you get into, you're not going to give up that, that sweet meal ticket. That's fair. <laughs> um, Brill did also make Ready to Rumble. Uh, he wrote Ready to Rumble, a previous OGT movie. Have you seen that? It's David Arquette's wrestling movie, which kind of destroyed, single-handedly destroyed a wrestling network. The name sounds super familiar, but I don't think I actually sat down and watched it. I think the wrestling network was called WCW, I want to say, World Championship Wrestling. and I do remember WCW. Yeah. They made this as a last bid for like relevance because the ratings were failing. But they decided what would be a good idea is if they had David Arquette from the movie become the actual champion of WCW and it just completely tanked the ratings and basically destroyed the network. I can't imagine why. <laughs> David Arquette is such a plausible strongman. 
I know. <laughs> uh, the film is, was received by critics like a severely deviated septum, which is to say it's not ideal. Uh, Leonard Clady over at Variety said, There's never been a remotely significant summer camp film, and Disney's Heavyweights does nothing to advance the genre. Far worse, this yarn about an adolescent fat farm is shameful in its execution and content. Really on the fence there, Leonard Clady yeah. at Variety. <laughs> Could yeah, go either you way. can't really tell where her loyalties lie. <laughs> who knows but i love the idea that there's never been a remotely significant summer camp movie. not like, one she's seen every single summer camp movie that ever <laughs> exists they're all trash yep you'll you'll find none in the criterion collection in sight and sounds top 250 films there will never be a summer camp movie and that's harsh <laughs> that is harsh uh there is some evidence of reassessment though uh previously uh, cited film critic on this podcast brian orndorff over at blu-ray.com, said, Time has been kind to the discarded Fat Camp movie, finding heavyweights more digestible these days after years spent processing the askew sense of humour shared by Apatow and company. Which is, uh, he's mixing metaphors there, but I think what he's saying is, now that you know Apatow is good, the movie is good. I mean, that's a weird way of putting it, but yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, it turns out Apatow's a good, a good writer. Oh, I guess I like this then. Yeah. <laughs> This changes all of her past writing. <laughs> oh, public, meanwhile, reacted to this like a fish and chip fart. Joke's on you. British food is too bland to produce any meaningful wind. <laughs> highly inaccurate part of the film. <laughs> um, Gerard Starkley on Google, in a three-star review, said, Ben Stiller takes over a fat camp. That would now be considered so offensive, but in the 90s it was good family fun. Just Ben Stiller taking over a camp would be highly offensive by modern standards i mean yeah just any camp i don't think any you camp put labels on it yeah you can't be letting ben still again into that kind of situation no um the cameraman in this film the guy who's like shooting the uh the the infomercial they're doing the underrated guy underrated guy but he is well indeed and he is as such the ironically named actor alan covert or covert perhaps which is ironic because he's extremely unnoticeable in general, but keeps showing up in Sandler things. So he has been in six of the movies that we've covered before, uh, including Bucky Larson, Grown Ups 2, Jack and Jill, Pixels, and The Wrong Missy. So. Wow. What's, what's your record? Oh, uh, like Jackie how many, Sandler. How many? Jackie Do Sandler, All Day and Night. She's been in like nine of, the, nine of his movies. Oh, it's, wow. Um, Sandler's wife. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's going to be hard to beat. That is hard to beat. <laughs> oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. Yo. Films are shit, mate. Um, Heavyweights has 6.6 .6 on IMDb, 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, 42% on Metacritic, 79% on Google, and apparently made $17 million, but I couldn't find out the budget. But I can't imagine Stiller came too pricey at this stage of his career, so... Yeah, no. He probably did okay. <laughs> At this stage, he was still, like, appearing in episodes of Friends now and then, so... Yeah, I think they came out in the green. <laughs> I think so. They probably did okay. Um, so, Rob, you 76% of Americans. What's one thing about heavyweights that made you mess with a man? By which, of course, I mean, why recommend this? Um, well, the reason I recommended it was because, as a kid, I watched this movie so much. And oh, man. <laughs> a lot of people don't know exactly what I look like per se, but I've always been just slightly underweight. Uh, I've had an oh, extremely right. high, I've had a really high metabolism my entire mm. life. So I can huh. literally eat 3000 calories a day and oh, it's very hard for me to put on weight. Right. And I can remember watching this movie as a kid and just being like, man, I just, I wish I could go to fat camp. Like I just <laughs> want to be there. This looks so yeah. fun. It really and sells it as being a pretty great place. It does. And so I haven't seen the movie in maybe roughly 20 years or so. And so whenever you asked, you know, what, what do you think? And I was like, man, I just, I really hope that this movie stays true to what I believe it to be and that, that it still <laughs> holds up and is really good. But we're going to, yeah. we're going to find out. Yeah. Well, yeah, we will find out. Um, yeah. That's so interesting because I feel like as a British person who spent no time in America, it's weird the extent to which the summer camp feels integral to my memories because every sitcom and so many movies have at some stage inhabited the summer camp that I just feel like it's a part of my childhood in some way as well, even though there's no oh, equivalent yeah. really here in England. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, they just 
they make it easy to want to be there. And then yeah. even me, I never went to like a true summer camp, but I did go to like church camps or something like that over the summer that right. was very much in the same vein. Like you're out right. in the woods, you're sleeping in cabins, you're doing <laughs> crafts and riding on canoes and stuff. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I, I feel like in England, we wouldn't really, you could get inside of a shopping trolley and have it pushed down a hill. That would be. Hey, you can have fun canoeing. with that too. <laughs> <laughs> That could be a good structured activity for the kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like the Friday the 13th movies have always been my favorite franchise. And I think part of that is just the really fun summer, upbeat camp setting. Like I, when I was a kid, the bit I enjoyed the most was obviously all the bloody murders. But now as an adult, I just like the bit where the kids are just hanging out. Just the beginning when everything's cool yeah. and calm and everybody's just everything's like, cool. yeah, summer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all be irresponsible. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No worries. And Jason loser comes along and there's a real buzz. Yeah. Kill. Just, just buzz McKillington. <laughs> Literally sometimes. All right. Yeah, well, yes. let's, <laughs> let's take a look at what happens in heavyweights. All right. Um, yeah. We meet our main character who no one likes because he's overweight. Even dogs seem to take against him. I, I literally have that in my notes. I said, this Australian <laughs> shepherd is just mean. <laughs> he's been trained by that, that jeans lady to just hate fat kids. Yeah, but he's <laughs> not even really, really fat, though. He's like no. slightly overweight. Slightly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yes, he takes his frustrations out on some teenage girls by drinking all of their lemonade and seemingly traumatizing <laughs> them because they're horrified by it. They looked absolutely horrified, just like he had kicked their puppy. <laughs> uh, but he gets home and, oh, God, Tim Blake Nelson is here. Something terrible is going to happen. I find him to be <laughs> such an unsettling man. Why is his mouth always just kind of open? It's his teeth. It's his er, mouth. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. It really is. It's just something about the way he holds his mouth. <laughs> It's just so frightening. It is. And it's not a frightening setting. Like, he's vaguely foreboding because it's like the movie is going to happen if you go to this camp. But he's genuinely meant to be here to take, make this kid go to a fun camp. But he's just horrifying. I wouldn't go to the camp if I thought he was no. going to be there. I'm just saying. No, you're getting eaten. You're definitely getting eaten. Um, <laughs> he shows them a video and we see that the camp is run by George Costanza's dad and Ben Stiller's actual dad. Yes. It's Jerry Stiller. Always happy to see him show up and stuff. Oh, he's the best. It's a festivus for the rest of us. Exactly. <laughs> we actually have a magnet of that on our cardboard baler oh. at work. It's a fat camp! Are you crazy? No way! I'm not going to a camp with a bunch of fat loads! Our hero is off to fat camp. Um, Reluctantly. Yeah. Reluctantly, because he hates it. He doesn't want to hang around with a bunch of fat people, as he says. Oh, he's yes, internalized. Yes. He's internalized yeah. that dog's aggression. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Uh, and on the way he meets, ooh, that looks an awful lot like, <gasps> it's Kenan Thompson. Well, you're going to love camp, man. Camp is awesome. Plus, no one picks on you because you're not the fat kid. Everybody's the fat kid. Just stick with me, Jerry, because I'm the man. Dude, I would forgot he was in this movie, and I was so happy when he'd come around <laughs> on that plane. And it was just like, it's so, so you going to fat camp? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. You hang around too. And speaking of people you remember from comedy stuff in the 90s, Kenny Daly off of Frasier shows up in order to drive all of the kids to camp. And is charmingly sleep. He charmingly, uh, recklessly endangers their lives on the way. He's such a good Yeah, he, he was so close to getting rear-ended on that fake trip to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. They, um... Yeah, oh, God, it keeps happening. Like, all of my notes are just, hey, this guy shows up because they get to camp. And there's a former counselor there who used to be fat and is now thin. And oh my God, it's Paul Feig, the director. Oh, that's funny, you know. Just because I got these great skinny buns of steel. Woo! Look at that, old Titan John. I bet you wish they were yours. Don't take a look, boys. The envy of the entire camp up there is the bald eagle, which is a. Uh... This is apparently where he met Judd Apatow, and the two of them made freaks and geeks after that. So. Oh, that's interesting. Movie and TV history in the making here at this camp. Camp Hope, man. It's got history. It's Camp Hope. And yeah, things seem cool. Friendly counselors. Lack security around sweet smuggling. Big inflatable thing. Yeah, You also forgot about the Ooh. creepy guy waving the stick whenever they entered the camp. That had absolutely no oh. foreshadowing later. Yeah, that's so weird. There was a creepy guy who was like wanting them to turn back. And it, it's like, it's a good camp right now. Did he know that Ben Stiller was coming? I think he did. Oh. He had to have, but he never said anything to anybody. 
I don't know what this kid's angle is, but... Look, whenever we see, like, crazy Ralph types in, like, Friday the 13th movies, usually they turn out to be correct, but sometimes they're just crazy. Uh, yeah, he might have just been a little bit crazy. He might have just been, and that's okay. But, oh no, the lovely old couple who run the place are filing for bankruptcy, and the new owner is pre-Tenenbaum Ben Stiller. Mmm. Can you smell it? There's a life force in here tonight. Do you feel it? Hmm? I look around this room and I see potential. Being an only child, educated entirely by private tutors my whole life, I'm looking forward to interacting with children for the first time. I'm going to teach you, and I bet you might teach me a little something also. He's actually pretty shredded in this movie. He's really fucking fit. Like, there's a scene later with his shirt off, and it's like, holy crap. Are yeah, you... I, was, I was super impressed. Are you that shredded in other stuff? I don't think I've ever seen him take his shirt off in another movie. Well, yeah, see, that's the thing. I don't remember him ever really taking his shirt off, so I guess the world may never know. <laughs> he's been buff this whole time, and he's told no one. It's he just wore baggy but... shirts everywhere. <laughs> You've already played people like Zoolander or... um. What was the movie? Uh, Dodgeball. He's still, like, I still can't remember him being shirtless in those movies. No, I think he was just a lot of cut-off sleeves in Dodgeball, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a metaphor, but that actually happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got some intense fitness people, like Lars. Lars is my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> Lars is the best, is the, clearly the standout character in this movie. <laughs> yes. Hello! your new friend and counselor. Please enjoy your new Perkis system uniforms. Your families will be built automatically. Now, let's play the fun game that helps us learn each other's names. We already know each other's names. Silence! <laughs> hey, so I have good. some, like, notable quotes of his, and they're, they're pretty great. <laughs> oh, God, you hit so much in my quick fire. It's going to be about Lars. Um, yes, they do some exercises, including some violent baseball with the neighboring camp, Camp Bad Kids. Always good to have the old standards. Uh, but then, yeah. little Tony Soprano mouths off, and so they murder him, I think? He suddenly disappears for a while. That was uh, quite scary for about, I don't know, 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. They really menacingly, like, at one point I thought they were suggesting they may have eaten him. Because, like, we cut <laughs> straight to the diner. Well, yeah, because it, uh, it was a bunch of the kids spreading rumors, and they were like, they ate him. <laughs> it was like, oh my god, this movie could be getting going to an extremely different place than I thought. What it's is like Disney barbarian. doing? <laughs> god damn it, Disney. So, then there's a dance scene, because Stiller wants to embarrass the kids into getting fit. Yeah, joke's on him. Uh, joke's on him, because it becomes extremely charming. Very hard to make fun of a movie when it's just extremely charming. I know. <laughs> then Ben Stiller dolly zooms into the situation in order to ruin everything. Except one kid. When all the kids are going home, one kid just starts making out with, his, with the girl he's dancing with. And it's not I noticed in the middle that of frame. Too, and I, never, I never caught that as a kid. And I was just like, dude, this, <laughs> this kid's getting some. He's getting some, okay? Ben Stiller, let's all just calm down here. Because that is not addressed, and it made me wonder if it was scripted or if that just kind of happened. Yeah, I, I, would, I would be happier if it just kind of happened, and they were like, that kids, what are you doing? Cut. We, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and cut. Cut. I said cut. Cut. <laughs> uh, there's a go-kart scene that's also charming, because basically he's taken all the go-karts, and he's murdered the, uh, the big blob thing that they like, the inflatable blob thing. Oh um, man, that was a sad scene. They they harpooned the blob. <laughs> they harpooned the blob, so to speak. And yeah, they also scrap all the go karts. But yeah, Kenny from Frasier has a really nice little moment with uh, our main character as he pushes him around the go kart thing. Yeah, nice little father figure kind of yeah. deal. It, it was heartwarming. Yeah. Oh oh shit though, Josh is but Tony Soprano's back from his shallow grave. He's been brainwashed. Ah, <laughs> uh, has he though? But no. It's just, yeah, he's just, they tried to send him home and they couldn't. His dad was a lawyer or something? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think maybe this whole bit was just to establish that he's a lawyer because that may or may not be important later to plan B, which doesn't end up getting used. Um, so they decide they want revenge, so they take a daring raid on Stiller's cabin uh, where they find all of their letters home um, and also the first fart joke of the film. 
Yes. I say first as if I'm dreading the worst, but actually I think it was pretty much the only one. I think it was, and that's that's <laughs> good on them. Good on them. It's a good amount. It's that yeah, a lot they of didn't discipline. overdo it, you know. <laughs> oh god! But they find out that one of the kids is getting food deliveries in the woods in the middle of the night. Apparently, also involving cheeseburgers that he eats cold the next and day in the toilets. Did I miss this, or was that the same guy that ratted him out for the candy earlier in the movie? Oh my god! Yes, maybe it was. Oh god! Okay, I, it was the so guy a- with the the Perkis power shirt. Yeah. I'm oh, pretty sure he figure. he was playing both sides of the field. He was. He's the he's the man, most magnanimous character in this, really. <laughs> Every time you watch it, you see different things that that kid's up to. Um, yeah, Stella uh, discovers that the campers are gaining weight uh, because of all the cheating that they're managing to do pretty much all of the time. Um, well, Lars, you dropped the ball, man. Yeah. Let's be on this kind of thing. The buddy system apparently not working. <laughs> It is not working out, guys, and you need to stop flirting with the nurse. Oh, there's been a nurse the whole time, by the way, who Lars and Kenny tried to flirt with, with yes. differing levels of success. Um, yeah, now Stella wants them to do a 20-mile hike, uh, but Kenny off Fraser is determined to thwart it. Or at least try. They, at least try. They do the thing where I think the point is to blind him and then run away, because they get, they get him... In the middle of the woods, the kids manage to get him to, like, cover his eyes and ears but then it turns out they just wanted to stick a butt in his face and then trap him in a pit how did they have the time or the energy <laughs> to, dig. to dig this pit <laughs> i don't know they may have gotten lucky <laughs> that might just found a pit, pit. some yeah. weird hunter is out there just like trying to trap foxes or something and <laughs> it's like boy we can just throw some leaves over this we'll make it still a sized oh god <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, Kenny, Nurse, and Paul Fager are all trying to figure out why they um, a way to legitimately get rid of Stiller when the kids just reveal that they've rambo would him. They've got him locked in a cabin behind like this weird electrified fence they've rigged up. With a, with a bug zapper. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so the Kenny comes in and he's like, you know, oh, okay, this is cute, kids, but, you know, thank God you didn't go too far. Let's, let's untie this guy and apologize, and I guess we can go to the authorities and try and explain what's happened. But then Stiller insults him, and he's like, Nah, fuck it. (laughs) We're doing full Lord of the Flies. Let's leave him tied up here, and let's go and capture, suspend, and torture his other camp counselors, including Lars. At first, I had written in my notes, because I'd forgotten that there was no bears in the woods, and I was like, oh, (laughs) there's no way Lars lives through this. It's just not happening. Those bears are going to eat him. And then it was a deer. He's done. (laughs) <laughs> oh god um oh god where are we so yes uh they celebrate their freedom and do some guantanamo bay stuff to ben stiller um but it's okay because there are goofy sound effects as they do it <laughs> yeah kenny wants to partake in this orgy of food and chaos but he's convinced not to by nor- by nurse silverstone who despite seemingly uh being a um authority figure around here is quite happy to just let this orgy uh, orgy of chaos happen that they paid for They'll tie themselves up somehow. Yes, I think that was quite. Yeah, it's an interesting technique because it kind of seems that they kind of let them overindulge in order to try and encourage them to take responsibility for their own weight loss. And it seemed to work. Yeah, it did. I mean, they only have a day until Parents' Day, so they don't really get a chance to put it into full practice. But you know, I mean, but they feel better at least. They feel better, and they accept themselves, and that's what really matters, kids. That's why Unless you're Jerry's dad, because he was not yeah. excited. Oh, yeah. No, he was not enthusiastic about any of this. So, um, yeah, well, this all gets seen by the bad camp kids, but I think that's important here, but it's not. Um, where are we? Never work. It's not the oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the parents will come and get shown a video about the misdeeds. And I think that the joke is going to be really heartbreakingly that the parents end up approving of Ben Stiller's methods. I really yeah, thought the... that was the way it was going yeah. at first, because Jerry's dad was just like, I mean, you know, he's working him. Yeah, yeah, he's working him. And like, another parent is like, oh, he's so strict. And I'm like, oh, God, is that going to be the ending here? That Actually, it turns out they kind of like it, but no, they um, they all take against him. If that didn't work, then Ben Stiller's entrance sure did. Yes, Ben Stiller then enters the place like a Phantom at the Opera-style villain, like the Joker. <laughs> He appears from the rafters and descends in order to menace the uh, crowd of people. And, uh, yeah, the parents just beat him up. 
Just a that good old a gut dent. punch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Screw this guy. I think he actually he ended himself, didn't he? Because he was good until he started like back handspringing and then like oh, oh yeah. the wall. <laughs> it's all very self-destructive, as these people always are in the end. Exactly. Yes. That's the tale as old as time. <laughs> um, Papa Stiller, who's not actual uh, Ben Stiller's father, who is in this, but it's, it's actually um, Ben Stiller. <laughs> it's Ben Stiller as Papa Stiller. Uh, shows up and uh, yeah, puts Kenny from Fraser in charge after with great reluctance from his part. It's like, yeah, you'll do. And so, yeah, an hour and 20 minutes into the film, it starts wrapping up and I start getting ready for bed. And oh, shit, the bad camp. There's a whole thing. I forgot about the Apache relay. Oh, my God. There is a whole race. Uh, Yeah, and they win it. It's fine. The end. (laughs) They win it thanks to their various qualities. Um, You know, frankly, because two kids carry the team. Well, that is very true, but also have in my notes uh, that the camp MVP obviously did absolutely nothing but worry about sports their entire <laughs> lives because they have zero other qualities. Yeah, there you go. They weren't even able to name. Well, I mean, one of the questions was really harsh. What was it? Five American vice presidents? Like, yeah, Jesus. vice presidents? I couldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I immediately thought of Spyro Agnew because he's got a funny name, and that's yeah. pretty much where I stopped. You know, now I could do Biden, obviously. I think that would be well, it. I'd yeah. have to like name a bunch of presidents and just hope that they were also vice presidents before. Hey, that's a pretty good strategy. I don't know how often that happened. Ah, uh, from time to time, you know. I think the joke is the other one kid says George Washington. It's like, no, how would that have worked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after he was president, he was like, you know what? I like the office. I want less responsibility. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> um, yeah, and they win. And it's all good. And they all have a great summer. And such as the events of heavyweight. So how did it how did it hold up? It actually held up really well for me. Uh, th- yeah. This was a super wholesome movie. I'm not gonna lie, yes, I was worried because so I was just like, okay, kids going to fat camp. This is gonna just be like relentlessly shaming them or something crazy. And I'm gonna be yeah. like, how did I ever laugh at these jokes? This is just horrible. But it was literally, it was so wholesome. And the all of the yeah. underlying themes of the movie was just so reaffirming, and I was actually very impressed with how it held up. Absolutely, because a couple of jokes aside, and there are a couple of jokes, you know, here and there, but yes, immediately, what really got me was that as soon as this kid gets to camp, it's a great experience. He's meeting every kids kid on the is way. nice. They're all awesome. every kid is nice. There's no jerk kid. No, every one of them's just like, oh, it's the new kid. Come on, Captain. Yeah. Yeah, they come up with a nickname for him, and it's cute, and they're like, oh, God. I haven't seen The Mighty Ducks, but I feel like it's a similar kind of vibe, because I think in The Mighty it Ducks is. it's meant to be kids versus adult, kind of, right. in that and, one. And, and yeah, and um, from what I remember of The Mighty Ducks, it is kind of that mm. same feel, just that good 90s wholesomeness. Yeah, I suppose that's what you can expect from Disney, because even then, they're just sort of very, very... Uh, capable at delivering things that are fairly mild and relatively inoffensive, but just sort of reliably nostalgic and kind of yes, feel a good. surprising amount of uh, cussing in this movie. I didn't yes, remember there Disney is that. cussing that much. <laughs> it was the nineties. It's a sort of weird era. The Goonies. That was like one of my favorite oh, movies yeah. growing up. And like that wasn't <laughs> Disney, but they cussed like sailors in that movie. Oh yeah, it was weird standards at the time. I think one movie that I saw from this era, which I think was Disney. Uh, was The Parent Trap, the Lindsay Lohan one. Yes, my sister used to make me watch that all the time. <laughs> That's what I would also uh, argue when I would actually just be watching it. But yeah, I remember uh, that had a lengthy camp sequence at the very beginning as well. So it's of a similar, but also a few relatively risque little moments in there, if I remember correctly. I mean, the moment that sticks in my head is the ear-piercing sequence, which still feels yeah. like it wouldn't necessarily be in a kids movie today because essentially it does show kids exactly how to pierce your friend's ear i mean yeah it was pretty much core. blueprints yeah yeah <laughs> an ice cube an apple core and a needle Ugh. yeah i mean they they really broke it down for you <laughs> <laughs> oh god so yeah there was reckless endangerment of children is always great and i enjoyed that in this um like yeah, some of my quick fires are just like physical things they did with the kids, like the go kart stunts at the end that are just, yeah, kind of a lot of fun. So yes, yeah. Which uh, I found it odd that he did so well. That being the first time he's ever driven a go kart. Yes, <laughs> but he's always dreamed of it. You see. I mean, yeah, That's I guess the, so. It's the dream that fueled 
fuels his success. So <laughs> yeah, I don't have too much to say. Like there's oh um I mean we'll get into individual uh, performances in um when we sort of quick fire, but yeah, just various people in this were very good, and it's interesting to see Ben Stiller sort of doing his proto dodgeball bad guy. Yeah, and yeah, also I've always proto, said like, this is Zoolander. his his door opening into his uh, gosh, what was the name of his dodgeball character? I'm oh god, on it. something yeah. White or Whitman or something. Oh but White, it... yeah. Oh crap, I'll look it up. Globo Jim or something. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was his it was his door opening into that because you get a lot of similarities oh, god, yeah. of the arrogance and just the. The craziness Ben Stiller kind of brings into this situation because he is just an absolute psychopath in this movie. White Goodman. White Goodman. I knew there was white in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's a great name for a character. And yeah, he's. You're already seeing a lot of his sort of big mannerisms and the kind of so big, it's kind of self conscious kind of comedy stylings, which, uh, you know, well, obviously it was a huge thing in the 90s with the likes of sort of Jim Carrey and such, but it's. Right, yeah, it's a very fun, uh, you know, Disney movie bad guy performance from him. Yeah, I think he killed yeah. it. He knocked it right out of the park. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I could imagine becoming obsessed with this as a kid. I could see how the various like escapism aspects of it, like imagining you're at this camp and the various activities and having these friends and you know getting one up over the bad guy. But also, like you say, there is a fairly wholesome heart to it. This idea that you know these kids. Yes, they owe it to themselves to try and live healthier lifestyles because it will mean they have fuller, you know, lives. But in terms of, like, meeting other people's expectations and being happy of who they are and of themselves, you know, that's something that really hasn't aged. And I think it was quite... Right. It was yeah. just... It really hammered in the, if you're happy, don't yeah. don't care about what the hell other people think. Yeah. It was very cute. It was very straightforward because one thing that would have been kind of fun is if maybe what's her name the nurse had been a little interested in Lars because he is very attractive but it's also yes, quite it, funny the, just everything he said was just <laughs> yeah his foot right in his mouth man which was great oh it was, <laughs> was fantastic Lars is just oh he oh, stole the God. show he really did let's um tell you what let's get to quick firing and we can talk all about Lars <laughs> <laughs> let's do it quick fire. Did you happen to see the end credit scene? Yes, I did. I Here's the thing. The credits started and the song plays. And I'll have this as a quickfire. I quite enjoyed the song, including Lars's contribution to the song. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, look who's here. My name is Patty. And I'm Nurse Julie. You know I'm Tim. And I am Kenny the Cameraman. Stop, stop that stupid song. You call that music? I know you think you're all rock stars, but here's an oompa song from Lars about my favorite camp hope job. The day that I hopped in the blob, and just to make it very clear, I was not scared of that big deer. And although Tony is not here, I still enjoy camp hope. And because I stayed to listen to the song, I did see the final post-credit sequence of uh, Ben Stiller selling crystals. Yes, uh, I just I, I had to write something about that. I thought that was hilarious. That was really good. It's just yeah, his attitude and the door slam effect was very good. <laughs> Two parts in the same scene. Whenever they were doing that um, that sliding back and forth exercise on the little rollout, yes. whatever that was. Yeah. Tell me why those children were on an, a decline. <laughs> they were on a hill trying to do wow, they yeah. were trying to make them do this slide back and forth on a hill so like there's no wonder they were falling but uh Lars <laughs> had an amazing quote during this time whenever Tony was mm. yelling at all the kids he was just sliding back and forth on their straight little platform and he uh he said I'm feeling skinny Tony I'm feeling skinny Tony so much and just his <laughs> delivery on that line just yeah. uh, bursted out into laughter <laughs> that is amazing um, okay, right, oh god, my first one is just pure nostalgia. It's just the old Disney Pictures logo, you know, the Oh, it didn't that. It look amazing. It looked great, and that little tune that ends with the, the, the weird little... Oh, it's 
Like, mm-hmm. oh god, immediately I was right back. I was watching some VHS at that stage. Somehow, yes. even though I was watching it through Amazon Prime, suddenly hey, I'm watching. Too. I think it was... <laughs> <laughs> suddenly I'm I'm watching an old VHS. That's how this is happening. <laughs> okay. Um, I do have one note here. Uh, who in the hell planned this baseball game? <laughs> what what committee got together and was like, yeah. guys, I have a great yearly idea that I want to push past you. <laughs> we're gonna take yeah. the kids at fat camp, and we're gonna take the athletics camp yeah. kids from camp MVP and we're going to make them play a baseball game together once a year. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was just like, yeah, man, that sounds like a great idea. It's really going to build up <laughs> some confidence in those kids. It's going to be yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Like presumably Jerry Stillo agreed to this, like when he was in charge and he was meant to be the nice guy. Yeah. Um, and he was my... just like, ah, yeah, let him have fun. <laughs> my favorite part of that was when one of the kids says to Paul Feig, can I go to the nurse? And he's like, he looks uncertain for a moment and then says, yeah, okay, just wait till someone gets back, okay? And, I wasn't sure and then what he the meant kid on that, his way back we... gets hit with a ball. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure what he meant by it. We cut to the nurse and we realized that most of the other players are at the nurse already. And so he's yeah. just asking this kid to like hang in there until we get someone back from the nurse's office. It's just sad. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> um, also, when... Uh, okay, so we meet... Uh, well, the kid I've called Fat Tony, but I think his name was Josh. Yes, the uh, the, the he, pseudo leader. Yes, he was played by Sean Weiss. I uh, I wrote down, and yeah, I really like this kid. Like I like the oh, way he was he amazing. Himself. He was he so had such charisma. He's, he's so much charisma, and he's acting like older than all the other kids. Like he's matured first, and he's already acting. Yeah, he's like shaving little, and yeah, <laughs> and he's acting like this little boss. He's so he's so assured in him, of himself. But his first line is like set up his character. Is that another kid comes over and says, "Josh, how you doing, man?" Roy, I just saw the new nurse, and uh, she's very attractive. This pleases me. Yes, that was one of the best lines in the whole movie. His face when he did it, and he was just yeah. so dead serious. This pleases me. <laughs> this pleases me. This is good. You've done well. Yes. I appreciate the information you brought to me. Did you see Tony's uh, poster when they broke into his house and they saw the poster and he had photoshopped Jerry's face onto a, a, like a <laughs> tiny kid on his shoulders? That was the yes. worst. It looked like yeah. he cut it out of a magazine and taped it on there. <laughs> sort of proof of concept thing. Yeah, that was sinister. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, okay, so this the scene where they're all unloading because they get to camp and then one of them is just like, okay, Download, I think he says, which you know, is yeah, computer, chipmunks so. download. <laughs> That's it. And so, like, all the kids get out all the snacks they've smuggled in. Um, and first of all, I just like the the novelty that they all have snacks, but also some of them look pretty good. Like, they had some very nice looking sweets and like little, some kid had an entire and... salami stick. Oh my god, yeah. But then British kid opens it. And he's like, uh, it's all melted to his body, and he says, "Oh, that, that was." I that thought the plane was, was a bit hot. It was so disgusting because the kid like comes over and like grabs a smear of it and eats it. But then he says, he even says like this is unsanitary. This is unsanitary. But then he says, grab a taste of England, guys, and they all pounce. Yeah, on. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I had an, I had a note in that scene. Uh, these kids were so far prepared. For, yeah. For this download, like they put in work to get yeah. all this candy smuggled in. Yeah, and that's what you want when you're a kid. You, I remember as a kid just absolutely being fascinated with the idea of secret passages or little cupboards that are hidden away, and they've oh, got absolutely. like all this stuff. It just it, it really appeals to the childish imagination, I think, to bring out the wondrous possibilities that might be around them. Uh, one thing in the hike scene I wanted to bring attention to: Tony's Icarus <laughs> reference. Did you do you remember oh, that? Oh yes, yes, he mixes up Icarus and Sisyphus. Did you ever hear the story of Icarus? who continually rolled the ball up the hill. But when he got too close, the ball melted in the heat of the sun. You're all like Icarus. I just, I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> That's really good. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, oh, it's really sad when the old owners leave. Like when Jerry Stiller and uh, Ben Stiller's actual mother, I think, whose name I'm mortified I didn't write down. 
Um, but I think those are his actual parents, and they're like leaving the camp, and they're really sad. But also, Je- uh, Jerry Sill is still using it as a good chance to get in a couple of good lines about you know, don't let anyone else sign your checks. And I have that oh, exact God, quote written down. So like, he is literally <laughs> just like he he gave some sort of authority over his checkbook to somebody yeah. he definitely shouldn't have. <laughs> It's just, it's still managed to be really affecting because all the kids clearly loved this couple and I thought that was really sweet. Oh man, their last little howdy, howdy, hiya was just pathetic. Oh no. That it was, was so, so sad. sad. Like I felt it. I was just like, man. Yeah, because mm. they just didn't know what was going to happen next. And it was just, oh, it was brutal. <laughs> it was. When Tony uh, does his like double somersault off the rafter uh, yeah. uh, during Parents' Day and he lands and he just dead ass looks at the camera and just goes, ouch. And then just stands yeah. up. <laughs> that was good because it was a good crunching sound when he landed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I really like the voice that Stiller is using for this, which again is sort of proto later characters. Um, but I enjoy his early line where he was like, "I was homeschooled, so I'm looking forward to interacting with children for the first time." <laughs> yes, yeah, and you can tell because he just didn't have it as far as social anything. <laughs> Understanding kids, although I love when he has to yell at the kids. When um, he's being nice to one of them, you know, later on during the weighing up. And it's like, all right, you come up here. Let's see what you did. Okay. And get back there. You know, oh, when he was like, you gained gets... two pounds. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, no yeah. problem. Muscle weighs more than fat. And then <laughs> I think Jerry gets up and he's just like, <laughs> yeah, just... Jerry, you've gained nine pounds. Are you cheating? Yeah. But then the third guy just comes up and he's like, okay, great. Okay. And then he looks at the scale and he's like, get back. Get on mind. the scale. Get off the scale. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> The jump scene uh, where he jumped the go-kart over the other yeah. go-kart, fantastic. Mm. There was a lot of yeah. change oh, in wow. altitude during that jump. That looked like a dangerous stunt. It was kind of impressive. Yeah, it, it was. But it, it looked like in the beginning, when it before it showed both go-karts, like he was, yeah. he was on some sort of suspension of something because the okay, cart right. goes up and then it comes down and goes back up a little. I was just yeah. like, oof, that... <laughs> Y'all could have y'all could have looked at that post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> um. Okay, let's have a Lars line. One of his early lines after he's introduced himself. He talks about his deviated septum and how it means he's going to make a lot of noise when he sleeps. Now I must inform you, I have a severely deviated septum. When I sleep at night, I make a very disturbing sound. Don't be alarmed. I am fine. <laughs> yes. Uh, my it's favorite so is uh, the buddy system when uh, the oh, nurse that's amazing. Is, she's yep. just like, shouldn't you be watching these kids? He's like, no, 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 the body system. Lars, shouldn't you be watching the kids? Oh, don't worry, I have them on the body system. Body system? Yeah, have a look. <whistles> body! And then all the kids just in unison just hold hands and they're just like, yeah. buddy! Not all I the kids. I use that though. line to this day. Yeah, because not all the kids, though, because Josh is just sat on the sidelines, <laughs> just like being <laughs> his just, little guy. <laughs> and he's just like, buddy! Yeah, he's just like <laughs> mumbling it half assed. He's just like, buddy! <laughs> Love that kid. Oh, um, he's oh, the best. Speaking of Lars, uh, his dance at the. Uh... Oh, what he's is it? he dances. Down. Yeah. <laughs> does he dance at the party with everyone else or is it an, another time he's the dj he's the dj that's, at the uh dance and that's once everybody right. else starts dancing he's doing like the the chandler bing kind of yeah it was very good <laughs> oh and paul fake's dance in that scene also when he's trying to get the party started on his own that's uh oh yes that was good stuff i enjoyed that man i had another lars quote from whenever um I thought I had it written down, but it was whenever they tied him to the tree and uh, oh, he said yes, something yeah. and he was just like, I love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, uh, after the party scene, when um, Jerry goes, our main character, Jerry, he goes and sits in the go-kart and Kenny off of Frasier comes over and uh, Jerry says, Did this place always stink this much? No, Jerry. This place used to stink very little. I just, I really enjoyed his phrasing. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Um, Sounded like one a Chevy thing about, Chase line. Yes. <laughs> one <laughs> thing I did enjoy was uh, Ben Stiller playing Ben Stiller's dad, you know? Uh, oh, yeah, he that came was in, fun. Just how laissez-faire he was about all of this. He was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll give you your money back or uh, I, I don't know, whatever. 
He's like, this yeah. kid, you know, didn't give him a hug when he was a kid. Now look at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just he picks on your leader, not because it allows them to carry on, but just because I need someone for the insurance form. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I love it. Ben Stiller early on, he's like, he's like trying to shoot something. Um, part of his infomercial, and he just comes in and he's like, "Hey!" And then the guy's like, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not filming. <laughs> yeah. I'm not filming." And he's like, "Oh!" And he like goes back to the door and he's like, You're "Filming now?" He's like, "Yeah." Hey! And he like starts again. That that false yeah. start was very funny. He can turn it on and off so quickly. <laughs> he sure can. Just thank goodness oh, that camera guy never turned it off when he told him to turn it off, or else they would have never oh, had yeah. that montage. <laughs> the climax of the movie. Thank yeah. God for that convenient filming man. <laughs> Never trust a cameraman. He's always filming. Always. Oh, God. I have just written down Ben Stiller's physique because, yeah, goddamn. I mean, dude, I was I was quite impressed with how he was looking. <laughs> um, Good stuff. I, do, I did honestly 100% think that Jerry's dad was Dr. Phil as soon as I first glanced at him for about 0.3 oh, seconds. Oh, my God. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> I was just like, no way, Dr. Phil's in this? And then he spoke, and I was like, oh, man, this isn't Dr. Phil. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, Dr. Phil, yeah, the voice definitely immediately tips you off whether or not Oh, yeah, Dr. no, Phil. it's a dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you see the cooler dump at the end of the Apache Relay? It, it was not oh. just liquid. It was ice and cans. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like when they, you know, the classic football game, you yeah, know, you yeah, dump yeah. the Gatorade cooler. Like, they did that, uh, I can't remember who, I think it was Jerry and, um, uh, oh gosh, the guy from Frasier. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I think it, it was those two, and yeah. uh, they dumped, like, just a big a big cooler with a bunch of canned drinks and ice on them. I was like, dude, <laughs> you guys gotta watch out. <laughs> I like that. Like, they've seen it done in movies, but they don't know how it works. They just didn't Yes, yeah, <laughs> this is the first time, so you gotta cut them some slack, you know? <laughs> Um, okay, my last good thing was that I was really surprised to find myself actually genuinely invested in the race. Like, when they're pulling, when the, good, the, the bad kids are pulling ahead, suddenly I actually found myself thinking, go on. Yes, I, I actually I found myself doing the same thing. I was just like, you, you guys got this. And there was one point <laughs> in the beginning where I was like, man, they, there's just no way this is going to happen. And then it was when that, that one MVP kid got to the artwork. And uh, as soon as he said share for the Mona Lisa, I was like, Psh, they're going to catch up real fast. Yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> uh, do you have any others? Uh, let's see. Uh, immediately off the top of my head, one thing, just so classic 90s movie. They opened this with the bell ringing and the papers flying everywhere. For schools out for the summer, yeah, that, that's a yeah. that's a super staple. And as soon as that oh, happened, gosh, I was like, yeah. "Man, that's good stuff right there." Absolutely. <laughs> okay, right. Let me just check in with the OG team because I don't know how well remembered this film is, but I don't think it's be... very well known, honestly. Because no. I, I don't. A lot of my friends have never seen it. I just happened upon it when I was like seven or eight, and it just became like a. Yeah. A staple movie of mine. Yeah, I had never heard of it, but I heartily recommend it because the 90s nostalgia, even for someone who hadn't seen it, was just very palpable. And it feels somewhat universal in just its portrayal of young people and how they like to befriend each other. And there's something really it does. nice it definitely, about it. It definitely put me back. Yes, escapism is a good word for it. It put me mm. right back in that mindset of just being 10, 11, not having any worries yeah. in the world, no responsibilities, just... <laughs> All I'm caring about is how much fun I'm going to have with my friends. Amazing. Well, let's talk a little about the one better thing. The one better thing. Do you have a one better thing, or do you just want to sort of say... Let's go with Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. I mean, Heavyweights <laughs> is definitely in there, but let's just go with Mighty Ducks. I think they're, they're right on par with it. Go check it out. <laughs> okay. Um, For my summer camp movie, um, there's a short... I've seen a sh not too many teen movies, so what I'm going to do is I don't know, a lot of... The camp movies I saw were horror movies, but I'm going to try and keep it not horror. Um, I've seen, like, one scene of Wet Hot American Summer, and it was enough to convince me that that movie looks quite funny. Um, uh, I haven't seen that one. Uh, I just saw David Hyde Pierce being hilarious in it, um, in a clip, but I haven't seen the whole thing, so I don't know if I can recommend the movie. So, Adam's Family Values sees uh, the Adam's Family 
go to camp, the kids, uh, Wednesday and Pugsley. Um, it is my friend Katie's favorite movie. Friend of the podcast, Katie Maiden. Her, one okay. of her favorite movies of all time, so I recommend that. I'll have to check um, that out. Oh, yeah. Um, and the other one, it's not really a camp movie, but it's Moonrise Kingdom, uh, the Wes Anderson movie, features um, uh, scouts at the beginning having a bit of a camp thing, and it's the way the kids in that interact with each other, or end up interacting with each other eventually. Kind of made me think about that, so, yeah. Just sort of general summer camp vibes. Can't and go wrong that, with that. Can't go wrong with that, and that is the one better thing. The one better thing. So, Rob, how can people find out about you and your podcast? Okay, uh, yeah, I am uh, a player and the editor mm-hmm. and the social media person on Stories and Sorceries. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at SAS underscore pod. Yes, I know that sounds like sass or reads like sass. <laughs> we're just a bunch of sassy boys playing D&D. Remember. Uh, yeah, we're a D&D actual play podcast. We release weekly episodes of just a bunch of mayhem and craziness. <laughs> um, we're also on YouTube, Stories and Sorceries. Um, we post a lot of clips. Like I'll just clip stuff out of our episodes and post tiny shorts and stuff on uh, TikTok and on YouTube, stuff like that. Just type in Stories and Sorceries anywhere and you'll find us. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Go and check that out. Uh, and then when you're done, you can come back here to OGT Pod. Uh, that's pretty much what you have to type in order to find us basically anywhere, I think. OGT yes. Pod or Octopod. You guys got a lot of good stuff, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could also check out uh, Quest Fantastic, which is our... Re- oh, God, I can't remember what it is Given says. It's a real-time role-playing actual play podcast. I think those are all the adjectives and that he uses. I can go ahead and highly recommend that to your listeners as well. <laughs> I'm caught up uh, 100%. Uh, and one of so my much. absolute all-time favorite podcasts. You guys are just a an inspiration to definitely me uh. in all the stuff that I try to do. Holy shit. Thank you so much. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah, no problem. You guys deserve it, man. You guys are fucking awesome. Oh, my God. Well... Ah, check that. Check all of that out. I'm Paul Salt, and I'm Rob Franks. And remember, the one good thing about heavyweights is that sometimes you can go back.